Happy December, everybody. I'm your oldest, Joe Martucci. Happy holidays to you. We had Thanksgiving. We are now in the thick of the holiday season, although recording this on December 2nd, it hasn't really felt like it too, too much this past week, especially on when, or excuse me, Monday, when we had highs in the 60s and lots of rain and severe weather. But join with me, as we do at the beginning of every month, New Jersey State climatologist and distinguished professor at Rutgers University, Dr. Dave Robinson. Dr. Robinson, thanks for being here on uh, this December morning. Always enjoy it. Always enjoy it. Wonderful. So, you know, when we look back at the month of November, um, a couple of things that stick out to me are not cold things. Um, we were really warm at the beginning of the month, and then we ended the month with a heck of a lot of rain and severe weather and all that other stuff. And, you know, for those of you uh, who are watching the video right now, I kind of have this line of lights across me. I don't know why that is. Let's see if I can shift. I'm going to try to shift. There we go. I think we're good now. Um, I don't have the uh, the beautiful lighting like you do, Dr. Robinson. I have my halo. Right. See, more to me. Exactly. I knew when I we come to you for almost angelic advice about weather and climate here in New Jersey. I, I'm not. I'm speechless. So you're saying I'm not the Jersey Devil. That's okay. No, no, you are not the Jersey Devil. In fact, you know, since I'm in Atlantic County, Jersey Devil's from Leeds Point in Galloway. I'm maybe I'm the Jersey Devil. I got to turn off some more of the lights here. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let, let's talk about the month that was, but I want to start off with November 30th, um, where we had a heck of a lot of rain during the morning, a heck of a lot of wind during the morning, and then during the afternoon, we had tornado watches, and we had even a tornado warning in Cumberland County. Now, thankfully, there were no tornado uh on the ground, no tornadoes on the ground here, but there was one in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, not too far away from us here. So, you know, a couple of the stations that we look at in South Jersey, how much rain did actually fall from this? Yeah, it, it varies through the region. The, the driest part from it was actually down in Cape May County where they had under an inch, um, but there were a couple of inches uh, elsewhere. Um, South Jersey wasn't the wettest part. Well, Southwest got pretty wet. Uh, Northwest Jersey had over three inches in some locations, particularly up in the highlands. So South Jersey kind of escaped the heaviest of it because most of your pulse was in the morning and, and North Jersey got a pulse in the morning and then got a really pretty vicious, very heavy rains in a squall line that came through shortly after sunset or around sunset. So uh, a one-two punch up north, kind of a morning punch with some very strong winds, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, down along the uh, South Jersey coast and the Delaware Bay coast got some strong winds as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think Fortescue gusted to 59. Right. Uh, right. You know, that, that lone station right there on the beach in Fortescue, I've seen it before. That one loves to gust. And uh, we see some, you know, we were looking at events in South Jersey, usually Fortescue is one of the highest ones. Yeah. The Marine, the Lanxia Marina got up to 48. Yeah, and I saw some other reports in the area um, that were in the 40s or into the 50s. So yeah, yeah, uh, it was a pretty windy month overall. Um, we had a couple of those squally type days, and uh, I think 14 days this in November, somewhere in New Jersey, had a gust of 40 miles an hour or greater. Jeez, All right. that's pretty impressive. That's more you get that starting now into the winter in the summer. It's more isolated in thunderstorms, but right. for November, even for November, that, that was pretty impressive. 
Yeah, it's it, well, it's been a very impressive November because of the rain, because of the temperatures. And again, I just want to go back to this tornado watch that we had. It's November, th- or excuse me, yeah, November 30th, and we're talking about a tornado watch. First of all, tornado watches don't even happen that often in New Jersey, let alone the fall. Now, I know we didn't have any tornadoes you know, on the ground, thankfully, but how rare are November tornadoes when you go back in history here? It, they're, they're pretty rare. Um, I know down in Delaware where there was a tornado just west of Dover, um, it was the latest on record mm-hmm. for the calendar year uh, for a tornado in Delaware. Um, but we've had it back in 1989. Um, oh boy, it was about the 20th, uh, maybe, nah, maybe it was 18th, 19th of November. There were seven tornadoes in New Jersey, including one that flattened a home just off my, off campus in, in Piscataway. Um, yeah. that was the, I think the most tornadoes New Jersey's had on record in one day. It was just a, a crazy, crazy, a very volatile pattern because the next week on Thanksgiving, we had a half a foot of snow. Go figure. So it was, you know, it's, it's when you really turn things upside down in the weather department and you get these strong storms. I mean, this storm gave us temperatures in, in the 60s. Caribou, Maine, yesterday on December 1st, hit 60 degrees. That's northern Maine. That's their warmest winter temperature on record because we climatologists, and meteorologists are lazy. We just call winter December, January and February. I I wish everybody a happy climatological winter. There you go. Here's your happy climatological winter, everybody. But that's their warmest temperature on record. Meanwhile, they had measurable snow in northern Alabama and parts of northern Georgia and elsewhere in the south. Um, And and that just shows you when you get such a volatile pattern, a strong storm through the area, a, a powerful jet stream. That's when you can get your extremes and you can go from one extreme to the other in relatively short order. So November tornadoes, rare, but they've happened and they've happened in abundance back there in 1989. Right, right. And we actually, if you go back to 1986, which is when these records by the National Weather Service are kept, we've had the second most tornado watches in New Jersey and the third most tornado warning. So we're going on a 34 year period. So it's not that long, but still to be in second and third place for those is just pretty impressive. I know Climate Central, um, a group in Princeton, New Jersey, they do a lot of climate research and communication. Um, they came out with a study, I believe two years ago, shows the Northeast, the Northeastern United States has the biggest increase in extreme precipitation events. So feeding right into your point about Washington, D.C., which is really just a line due west of Cape May if you draw the map out. But um you know, you see those higher, more significant precipitation events. And we're seeing them here too. We're seeing those, you know, big soakers. And we had one even in late November when really it should be relatively drier out, at least compared to where it is during the summer. Um, you know, some of our totals, we had Millville at 5.2 inches, AC International at 5.6 inches. But here's another point I want to touch on when it comes to the fall. From what I saw, September, October, and November all were at least in the 85th percentile, so pretty clear near the top for the wettest months on record. So not only did we have a wet November, but a wet fall. And I want to just touch upon your thoughts on that and want to know, A, what drove this pattern? And, you know, B, was this something we were seeing on a larger scale basis in New Jersey as well? Yeah, no, that that's great. Great analysis of what went on in the fall. We don't have all our fall numbers together yet, but I can tell you 
Southeast Jersey was the wettest part of the state. Northwest Jersey precipitation was actually below average. Mm -hmm. uh, they kind of welcomed the two to three inches of rain they had the other day because the streams were starting to fall below normal. Groundwater was down a little bit. The reservoirs needed some replenishing. Um, so sometimes it's a, a hit and miss scenario. And as we know, New England suffered a pretty, pretty good drought this summer. By good, I mean moderate drought, even yeah. bordering on severe a few times. So we were very fortunate that Faye came along in July and Isiasis in, in early August, not from the winds and the damage that wrought and even the tornado down in Cape May County, but the rains they they brought along. And, and that kind of continued on into the fall with some remnants of multiple tropical systems delivering moisture up the coast. And you have to do, you do have to remember temperatures have been above normal. So the ocean waters have been above normal. And again, as you said, if you have a trigger to yep. get it to rain, you have to have that trigger. You're working with more moisture in the atmosphere. So you're going to get those excessive rains. So is it a trend? Not, not necessarily so in the precip department, but certainly the winner <laughs> for precip this fall <laughs> was you're down in Southeast Jersey. Yeah. And going back to water temperatures, I remember at the Marina in Atlantic city, it was 80 degrees, the water temperature, 80 degrees that now I'm not, you know, I'm one of those people. I really can't get in until about the middle of July, too cold for me and Memorial day weekend in June. 80s nice i'll take it that's cool with me i like miami water i'm a miami beach guy if we could transplant like just the water of miami just offshore here and leave everything else i think that would be good with me that would be a very interesting uh qualifying exam question for uh what it? climate or meteorologist course keep us here and just change the water temperatures off right. the coast what might be the consequences? Oh, I love, I love scenarios like that. that. Great well, exam questions. Great exam questions. All right. Well, maybe we'll have to do our own uh, exam for all the listeners here. Maybe they'll fill out the uh, the weather exam since most of these people here, you know, they live, breathe, love weather, uh, and that's who we like to talk to here. So we're going to come back in just a little bit, and on the other side, we're going to talk all about temperatures. We'll also touch a little bit on full foliage and everyone's favorite winter. This is something in the air podcast. Hey everyone, I'm meteorologist Joe Martucci at the Press of Atlantic City. Every time I do a talk, I say, if I could take this job again, I'd take it 10 times out of 10. I'm the only meteorologist at a newspaper in New Jersey. And down here in Southeastern New Jersey, you all know weather matters more. Whether it's for farming, it's for the beach, or for your business. Weather plays a huge role here and I'm making sure I'm doing things that cater to you. Whether it's talking about if your street's gonna have coastal flooding, or whether you need the air conditioner on at night at the shore. We're the only place that's doing a mainland and shore seven day forecast. We're the only ones that are talking about whether your street is going to have coastal flooding. And that's why I wanna keep this going. Welcome back everybody. This is the Something in the Air podcast brought to you by the Press of Atlantic City. Join with me as we do at the beginning of every month, New Jersey State climatologist, Dr. Dave Robinson. Dr. Robinson, we're going to switch from all this wet weather into the temperatures here. And I think most people, most people liked what happened at the beginning of the month. We were not only warm, record-breaking warm. And heck, I mean, it felt almost like Labor Day weekend with the temperatures here. 
in uh, South Jersey. So let's just zoom out and talk about the what we had month-wise. We were 4.2 degrees above average at Atlantic Sea International Airport, 5 degrees above average at Atlantic Sea Marina. Now, I believe this was last month. Maybe it was two months ago. We were talking about period of record is key because – if you know you're looking at a 30-year uh, time span, it doesn't mean as much as a 120-year time span. So this is what I thought was interesting at Atlantic Sea International Airport. Again, 4.2 degrees above average. It was the sixth warmest in history. Records go back to the 1940s at Atlantic Sea Marina, which pretty much goes back to when they first put a shovel in the ground in Atlantic City mm-hmm. back in the 1870s. It was the second warmest on record there. So it was actually more impressive at the marina um, than it was at the airport. Usually you just see that number, that sexier number, that first or second place at the airport instead of the marina. So anyway, that was just what I found uh, interesting about it. But, you know, when we're looking at the, the region here, you know, were we all that much above average? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me report that. And I've got an idea why it was warmer at the marina. But we'll Yeah, let's talk about it. Think about that. But first, yeah, South Jersey as a whole, um, going from about Monmouth, um, Mercer, Middlesex County South, are, and, and the coastal areas um, are a slightly separate division. Um, the average was 4.3 degrees above normal, okay. very close to the airport. Um, that came in tied with 2006 as the second warmest November on record, going back to 1895, mm-hmm. it was only topped two tenths of a degree higher in November of 2015. Mm. And, and as I mentioned earlier, seven of the nine warmest Novembers in South Jersey have occurred since 2001. But what was interesting about it this month, and we've talked about this before, how the minimum temperatures are rising at a faster rate than the maximum temperatures with climate change. That's not the case um, this month. You got the, it. Yep. The maximum temperature will rank for South Jersey ranked second warmest, but the minimum temperature only ranked only. 12th. My dude, it's 12th warmest. That's 12 out of 126, but so only 12th warmest. Yeah. And then think about the, the marina versus inland and think about that hot, warm spell and the week, days around it, it yep. didn't rain. Mm-hmm. It was clear. Yep. Temperatures at night dropped down. But during the day, the remaining sunlight and a flow from the south warmed it up. But along the coast, what was what, what's off to the east? Oh, can I guess? Uh, go ahead. The Atlantic Ocean. There you go. The ocean stayed warm and that kept the nighttime temperatures up. Both the marina and the airport had high daytime temperatures with some southerly flow. Um, The lack, there was actually a little bit of a sea breeze action a few times. Um, But generally, that's why, you know, I, I don't have all the proof for this, but that explains to me why the marina was warmer because the days were warm and the nights stayed warm because the water was still above average. Inland, your days warmed up, but out there in the Pinelands, uh, it can really cool off at night, especially when the air is dry. And oh, it's I agree with you 100%. And dry. as somebody who was on the mainland for all of those days, it wasn't like you were waking up in the morning. It was like, hey, it's t-shirt weather out. You know, you'd still needed the jacket, but 
Once right. you got to about nine o'clock, I mean, it was all bets are off at that point. You just kept warming up. So it, it was, you know, these chilly big swings and temperatures. And I, I don't, I wish I had the number on me, but I believe Millville and records go back to the 1940s there. They had the like second highest two hour jump in temperatures during November. That's really in the weeds. But once the sun got going, it really warmed things up. So I'm just a nerd for that kind of stuff. But um, just, just to prove your point, um, at Atlantic City Marina, the highs were five degrees above average for the month, and the lows were six degrees above average for the month. At the airport on the mainland, highs were six degrees above average, two degrees above average for our low temperatures. So usually when we've been talking for as long as we've been talking, we're saying, oh, it's the low temperatures. Like, like you said, low temperatures are driving it. You know, that wasn't the case. You might have wanted your heat on in the morning and then turned it off and, you know, let the breeze roll on in. In fact, I remember at my apartment one day, my temperature just inside was 75 inside. That's almost air conditioning um, for me. So um, let's just I'll just talk about that record warm stretch. It's from the 5th to the 11th. It was the longest streak of 70 degree or greater high temperatures on record at the airport. Again, they go back to 1940s. First time since 2001 that we had four consecutive record high temperatures in a row. We were so close to five, so close. And I think yep. that would you would have had to gone back to like the 80s for that. And then I actually did a little calculation here. During that, that six-day stretch, felt more like Florida than South Jersey. Felt more like Tallahassee. Who needs to go to Florida? Why do we have snowbirds? We can stay right here. I don't get it. It, it, it was a remarkable stretch. I mean, you hit 80 um, in, in New Brunswick, where we have data back well over a century. Yeah. Uh, it was the latest that the 80-degree mark had ever been hit. Again, uh, with in terms of records, with four days in a row with record highs. That had only been done twice before. And only once has there been a run higher. There was a six-day run. Uh, that's not November. That's any time of the year. Yeah. String four records in a row. Now, of course, to string four records in a row, if you only have a couple decades of records, that's much easier than when you have over a century of records. Yeah. It's really a, really a challenge. Yeah. You know, usually our warmest days are associated with a strong southerly flow, often ahead of a cold front, as you know. And you really pump it up for a day, maybe two. Um, but to for it to persist for four days in a row with record highs, not just warmth, but record warmth, is really, really impressive. And the best part was people took advantage. I remember looking at webcams on the Ocean City Boardwalk. There were a lot of people. I, I believe most were socially distant. I can't say, you know, I don't remember exactly, but there were a lot of people on the boardwalk. And there were people on the beach on the beach and not just like, Oh, I'm in my jacket sitting on the beach. Like there were people like in shorts and a t-shirt with a beach chair on the sand in early November, the latest I've ever done that comfortably. And I remember this, this was 2013. Oh, maybe it wasn't 14. I don't know. It was October 9th though. And it was like 82 degrees. And I thought, wow, this is incredible. Like I'm on the beach. It's warm. This is November. Yeah. So I get really worked up about this. I, it was just so, it was so cool. No, no, no pun intended um, to see that. Did you enjoy the weather, that stretch? Well, that was very remarkable. Yeah, that's warm Sunday. I was uh, walking the Delaware Raritan uh, towpath, canal yeah. towpath. 
with a colleague who was in, uh, let's meet his uh, new uh, granddaughter from Oregon State University, where okay. you know, yeah. he, he usually impresses me with the incredible hikes he takes and the generally mild conditions out there. They don't get the strong winter conditions right. we had. They suffered through smoke this, this summer. Yeah, uh, and he was all excited. He's he's a climatologist. Yeah. Uh, excited, you know? Are we at a record? Is it a record? So when when I texted him that evening and said, "Yeah, yeah it was a record," yeah. he was like, "Yes, yes, I'm here on the East Coast, and uh, we're get we've got record warmth." Hopefully, we're not the only people that get very excited about record temperatures. I don't know. If, I don't know if we're preaching to the choir or not. I don't know what we're doing, but you know, I did tell you very. At least that day from coast to coast, there was someone. <laughs> yeah, right. People were happy all across from coast to coast, like you said. So it was a uh, uh, nationwide, it swept the nation. Those but, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a little disconcerting too. Let's face it. And let's get serious about it. I mean, I mean, this, this it, it, is, is it a sign of global warming? One excessive heat wave isn't a heat wave, if you'd call it for November. Yeah. It's not but it's indicative of what we've seen. And here already in, in our conversation, we've talked about how Novembers are getting warmer and most of the warm Novembers have been in this, uh, this century. Um, then we look for Jersey. If we look back at the last 12 months, since last December onward, six of the 12 months have ranked among the top nine for warmth. Again, I remind you, that's out of 126 years. Half of the months in the last year have ranked in the top 10, the top nine, and three of those have been in the top five. Yeah. Um, this is just not one rare occurrence. This isn't one odd month out. This is almost, almost literally month after month. We had 10 above normal months of the last 12, but April... And May were actually below average. And that was the first time we'd had consecutive below average months in about three years. Mm -hmm. So it, that's when the story really gets told. And we have to be concerned about you know, our changing climate and its impact on agriculture and its our, our impacts on aquaculture and our, our marine life. And, and on and on and on we could go. Uh, I know we don't have time to do it. So, you know, appreciate these, enjoy them. Um, but if you're a little uncomfortable because of them, there's, there's kind of good reason. Right. Yeah. I, I, I would say that I felt a little uncomfortable celebrating the beach weather, you know, during November, you know, cause there will be more of that to come. And it's not going to happen, you know, every year, but it will happen, you know, more frequently. Um, all right, let's get out of temperatures. Let's talk about full foliage real quick. For us here in South Jersey, we usually peak in early November. Um, I had to say, I thought fall foliage was pretty darn good. I thought we ended up pretty uh, okay. We talked about it during August and September. The conditions were right during the growing season. During September, we had you know relatively cooler nights. We had the dry weather. Um, and we didn't have any huge storms to knock down a lot of those leaves, at least early in the month. What did you think? Uh, ditto. I mean, I, I agree. The, the recipe was there for a good season and I think it produced. Uh, yeah. I didn't get out and about an awful lot to see it, but from what I saw in my limited travels, um, yeah, it was a good season. Uh, and uh, I hope people did take advantage of that and get outside. Yeah. We're safer these days. 
yeah. uh, and see the foliage because they, they they were treated to a pretty good season. Yeah, I think it was a great time, great time for good fall foliage. I yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, and we should be grateful for that. The timing yeah. really was good. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, end off with winter. You are the snow king of the world. Are you the king of all snow in the world, or is it just North America? How far do you want to make this? Oh, oh no, no. We have our global snow labs. All right. Well, it, the it, king it, of the global. snow globe. King of the snow globe. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, you um, escaped me, and I, you know. Well, you have the halo. You have the halo above you. Does that right. turn into a crown at some point? But no dandruff there. That's no dandruff. Right. Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. All right. So, you know, in charge of the global snow lab, you're pretty much monitoring all the snow across the globe. Um, how much snow, you know, this is December 2nd recording, how much snow have we had across the globe? And, you know, given that we have a, um, what could be a strong La Nina, um, which is colder waters off the equatorial Pacific in short, usually means a milder and less snowy winter for us. But just kind of combine the La Nina with the snow that we've seen so far. What can you tell us at least for the month of December? We won't have you go all the way out into winter, but the month of December here. Yeah, I, I won't. Uh, I'll quickly go to the northern hemisphere. In, in North America, there was more snow cover on the ground in October than any of the last 50 years. But it fell off dramatically in November and we were below average with snow mm -hmm. extent. Meanwhile, over in Eurasia, a little above normal. But put it all together, um, fall snow cover was above average across Northern Hemisphere. Of course, that's more the higher middle latitudes in the polar regions. Yeah. So it's been interesting. It's been a trend we've seen the last 10 years or so, where we have enough cold air come in during the fall season, and we're getting more moisture delivered to these regions and producing more snow at a time that the planet's warming. So it's real interesting research yeah. uh, study. Now, lo looking um, in, in this neck of the woods, we had that measurable snow event in North Jersey uh, in, uh, in October, but no measurable snow in mm. New Jersey in um, November. November, November. But looking ahead, this is a pretty strong La Nina event in the tropical Pacific going on right now. And I looked at the last seven strong La Nina events going back 70 years and six of the seven had below average snowfall for the winter season, for the snow season. Right. Um, one that didn't was the last one in 2010, 2011, that winter, where we had well above average snowfall. Yeah. So I remember that year I was saying, oh my goodness, six of the last six below average. You usually don't even see that in the climate world, you know, yeah. 100% of this. So of course that winter had above normal. It righted itself. But if I was to look at this one and look at the last seven, I'd say the odds greatly favor below average snow. But it's probabilities. It's not a take to the bank, right. which we saw back in 2010-11. Um, I can't tell you when it's going to snow. People who put out these winter forecasts and say we're going to have a blizzard in February. Well, that's when we have our most snow. So that's not a forecast. I that's agree. just looking at climatology. So I can't tell you when it's going to snow. I can tell you looking ahead the next two weeks or so, we're starting off the month seasonably cold, maybe even a little on the chilly side, but there's evidence come mid-month, uh, the whole continent's going to warm up, uh, yeah. which isn't exactly La Nina-like. The, the La Ninas tend to be very warm along the southern states and kind of up the east coast. They're cold in the northern plains in the northwest. 
And we don't see that pattern unfolding right now. Mm -hmm. um, but over the course of the winter, more likely than not, that's how things will end, uh, wrap up. Yep. Precip-wise, dry in the south um, and, and um, kind of wet in the northern plains and snowy and in the Ohio Valley. Just like the track this last storm took, it went up through the Ohio Valley. Um, it still brought a lot of moisture into us, in part because it's still pretty warm ocean temperature yeah. off the coast. Mm -hmm. So uh, not great for snow. Precip, I'd say somewhere middle range, plus or minus some, not extremely wet, not extremely dry. Uh, and temperatures uh, probably average to above average. Yeah. And you, you made a good point. I was going to make the same, which was that, that storm track that we had on Monday where it kind of cut into the Ohio Valley. Probably going to get used to that uh, as we go over throughout the winter. So we'll be on that warmer right side of the storm. Um, so expect some more heavy rain, maybe a couple of severe thunderstorm watches in, in our winter months. We'll see. And if we try to get some snow out of it, I think our best chances would be at the very beginning of that storm if it starts out cold or at the very end of that storm as the colder air comes through. Whether or not we see like the one big one where it's all snow, that remains to be seen. So with that, you know, we are going to wrap it on up here. Uh, we had a really uh, jam-packed, fun-filled podcast here for the month. We will be back with you at the end of December. Um, we will do, can we do top 10 weather events of the year? Can we do a little compare and contrast? I know you usually do one. I've got to start on that one. Got to yeah. start on it. Perfect. So we'll do that. Um, we'll do our uh, recap of the month of December. I'll leave the floor to you as we wrap up our last month of the year, which feels like a decade at this point. And, uh, yeah. I don't think too many people would be too sad to see this <sighs> this year. And there have been some good points, I hope, for most. Uh, but yeah, it's been a very challenging year. Um, and let's hope we finish it up with some modest weather and nothing of an extreme nature. Agreed. Agreed. We'll hope for calm uh, seas and calm skies ahead as we go into December. So happy holidays, everybody. We're going to be back with you on December the 16th. I have a guest lined up, but I need to confirm it. So I'm not going to tell you guys yet, but it should be something winter weather related. That's for sure. So we will wrap it up. We'll be back with you at the middle of the month. Until then, again, happy holidays. Stay safe. And this is the Something in the Air podcast.